Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. Welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. Uh, At the time of this recording, uh, we here at PeaceWorks are really engaged in the restructuring of what we call our Men of Peace coaching program. If you're not familiar with Men of Peace, um, Men of Peace was just designed as a biblical coaching program for men who identify as abusive or destructive. It was a way to meet uh, a lot of the demands that we were getting, requests from men who wanted some specific coaching from a gospel-centered or biblical point of view. Now, Men of Peace has had many iterations over the years from individual-based care and confrontation to uh, more recently group coaching. And this next phase, this uh, Men of Peace 3.0 or 2.0, wherever we're at, this next phase is going to be a little bit more coursework-oriented, with some different aspects of accountability because of the size of the group, or at least the requests that we're getting. So I thought it would be helpful maybe to share with you a little bit, uh, not about the Men of Peace process, that'll be coming as we uh, launch in the coming weeks, uh, but maybe a little bit about content. Because one of the things we get uh, requests for are individuals who ask, well, what do I need to do? What are some things I need to know? And men who want some information right now. So I thought it might be helpful just to share with you just a little bit of content that we do deliver in various forms in Men of Peace. I think there's there's many aspects uh, within educational um, groups like Men of Peace that we talk about a lot of different things. But one of the things that's really essential is understanding the dynamics and impact of abuse, and understanding theologically um, what's happening when we choose to use power to control our spouse. And so if you're a man who has been accused of being abusive, or perhaps uh, it's been recommended by your pastor or your wife to participate in a batterer intervention program or in uh, maybe the Men of Peace course, this might be a helpful episode for you. And one of the things I really want to challenge you with is to understand the depth and the weight and the gravity of sin. Yes, everyone is sinners. And within living in this life, within the the world that we live, all of us will be sinned against and all of us will sin. But abuse is a very specific kind of sin. It's sin that uses power to gain or maintain control over another. And that's one of the important recognitions, one of the acknowledgments that's really essential to seeing change and transformation is to no longer mutualize one's sin. That is to say, well, you know, I've been abusive, but I've not done A, B, C, or D. Or I've done some destructive things, but my wife has done some destructive things. Really, abuse, that the use of power to control, requires ownership, uh, wrapping our arms around these destructive and abusive sins that we've committed, acknowledging them, and then uh, making 
amends, uh, repenting, turning from that sin, embracing a new and better life. And of course, that doesn't happen through mutualizing. It'll never happen through um, taking partial ownership. It has to be uh, really wrestled with, wrestled to the ground and taken complete ownership of. So there's many ways in which we can look at abuse and say, well, this is sin. I'm just going to give you one one aspect that I, I want to challenge you with, although there's many, many, many ways in which our abuse violates another person and violates God. But I want to begin with this idea of the image of God, what some would call the Imago Dei. If you claim to be a believer, and yet you've practiced many of the tactics that we know to be consistent with abuse, then I think it's fair to say there's been a disconnect between your understanding of who this person is and who they represent uh, and your obligation or your relationship to them. People, we're told in the Bible, in particular Genesis 1, 26 to 28, are created in the image of God. Uh, when a person assaults another individual, and uh, it can be physical, relational, emotional, they are in fact assaulting an image bearer of God. Um, occasionally, as you think about uh, domestic violence, it's very easy to think of the physical violence, physical abuse, which you may be guilty of. And if that's the case, then certainly this applies to you. As we think through how someone physically or sexually violates the image of God, distorts and objectifies another person, uh, but in our work, we're not going to be limited to just physicality, as there are emotional, mental, verbal, psychological, emotional, uh, economic aspects to abuse that use power, again, to control another. And while the threat or the fear of physical harm is there, whether it's present or not, the question is, are we sinning against the image of God? Are we violating the Imago Dei? So let me give you just a couple points, some things to think about. Uh, to ask yourself, uh, if you're practicing abusive behavior, how is it violating the image of God as presented uh, through this other person? Most would agree that the image and likeness in God involves more than what we see in the mirror. Uh, but as I said, that's still a good place to begin. People are sacred space. When we neglect or we harm our own bodies, or we inflict harm or pain on another, uh, we are in t attacking the one whom our body represents. Uh, for instance, if you were to walk into my uh, study right now, where I'm recording my podcast, I have some pictures of my family. Now, those pictures are not worth a whole lot intrinsically. The paper they're printed on uh, may be worth something. It may be worth far less to others because they already have an image on them. Uh, but to me, the pictures are incredibly valuable. If you were to take this picture, per se, you know, this saying this picture here in my office of my wife, and you were to rip it up or to spit on it, it would affect me. Uh, and there would have to be some interaction between us about those actions, those choices to violate that picture. Um, but it isn't that I'm upset about the paper. Uh, it's who the picture represents that would upset me. In the same way, the, the, 
the human experience, the, the people that we interact with, are representative of God in that they are image bearers. And to assault that image is to assault uh, the person of God. So a husband who has done great damage to his wife, for instance, or has minimized the damage that's done, or completely ignored uh, that damage, um, should be confronted. And of course, a husband who has ignored the image of God, who has viewed their wife as a possession rather than a person made in God's image, uh, we should love that person enough to challenge the sin. And if that's you, you should really consider the ways in which you physically or sexually harmed your wife. Secondly, yes, people are sacred space. Yes, they represent God physically, but the image of God is more than physicality. A second to this is that God is a relational being. Uh, therefore, we are relational beings. We're designed for community. God, we believe, exists in Trinity, in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in perfect community. And abuse violates the relational aspects of God's image. Our God is a relational being. Therefore, we are. We're designed for community, and abuse perverts and distorts this reality. Domestic abuse, in particular, isolates the victim from safety and security, and the perpetrators isolated from sources of accountability. This relational dysfunction of isolation deviates from God's clear design. And for someone who claims to be a believer to violate these principles of Scripture is sinful. Are you using your power to isolate your partner from sources of comfort, like parents, family, church? Are you using your power to insulate yourself from sources of accountability that could bring you discomfort in the short term, but help in the long term? This violation of the image of God is sinful because God has designed us for relationship. The church is the proper place to address this because it is a laboratory of relationship. We can teach, we can model the principles that uh, this batterer or abuser or yourself, if you're participating in this, we can model the behaviors that you like. We can give um, some authority uh, to those on the outside, and we should. Aspects of stalking, isolation uh, from medical help or from finances can be illegal and would require possibly a police response. Um, but overall, isolating from community is something that the church can take seriously. We don't want to neglect our brothers or sisters. And in essence, abuse is removing them from sources of help and strength. Uh, Christ's love helps us to see the victim and the perpetrator through his eyes. And only the church can really call this offense uh, to repentance and provide the spiritual accountability needed. Let me ask you, if you're isolating your partner or physically assaulted your partner or emotionally abusing your partner, you probably don't want others to know. But the best thing that can happen is for people who care about you to be brought into the loop so they can hold you accountable. I think that abuse violates the image of God physically, relationally, and I would say also emotionally. 
You know that you and I have emotions because God has emotions? Yes, I think we've, we've seen that other creatures emote in some ways, but people are just different. They're just unique. We love because he first loved us. We have capacity for sacrifice because of him. We understand and we live uh, emotively because our God emotes. When that is stifled or used against a partner, if you've used your partner's love to control them, if you've used your anger to subdue them, if you've used um, your despair or sadness to control them, then we call that emotional abuse. If you've used your partner's fear to keep them uh, from seeking help, if you've used their um, sense of, of potential loss or loneliness as a means of control, then you've participated in acts of emotional abuse and violated the image of God. We are made emotionally because God emotes. Now, he emotes perfectly, of course, and we emote imperfectly. But that is sin nonetheless when we use or play emotions to control our partner. Lastly, I think we're made for a reason. I think, I think abuse violates the purpose of God, the heart of God. We as image bearers have purpose. Now, functionally, we're connected to the image of God, but personally, we're to consider how a Christian husband, for instance, is fulfilling his God-given responsibility. As you think about our calling in 2 Corinthians 5, 9, where all, all believers are called uh, to live for the pleasure of God, whether we're at home in the body or away from it, whether we're dead or alive. And if you claim to be a believer, and yet your primary purpose is in entitlement, selfishness, getting your way, and you use your spouse to do that, um, then you're violating the very purpose of God. While physically assaulting his wife or emotionally assaulting his partner, um, an abuser, somebody who's using these tactics, must understand that they're living outside of God's clear design. If you claim to be a believer and you're participating in these behaviors, then you are clearly and, and well-defined outside of what God has um, intended for you to be as a husband. Um, and so the, the, the question is not just how are you denying the purpose of God, but are you a believer in the first place? Because you were made for a reason, for a purpose, and abuse violates that. If you haven't encountered um, true confrontation, if you haven't had anyone bring this to your attention, and as you're listening, you're thinking, yeah, I've harmed my wife physically or emotionally or spiritually or relationally, or I'm living, violating the very purposes of God, then let me encourage you to get some help. A couple things that, that you can do today. You can reach out to someone at your church. And I think the best thing you can do is if you're acknowledging that you've been abusive is to say in clear words to them, I have abused my partner. Being able to identify specific ways in which you've done that and asking them for help. I think you can read some good literature. Um, while my book, The Heart of Domestic Abuse, is not written specifically for perpetrators, uh, there are some key issues in there that might be helpful.
One book that uh, I have found helpful over the years is a little booklet by my friend Jeff Olson called When Power is Misused. You can find that free online as a PDF, When Power is Misused by Jeff Olson. The Self-Centered Spouse by Brad Hambrick is also a good read that might expose you to some of the entitlement that has led you to violating the image of God in your partner. And of course, considering the upcoming Men of Peace coaching might be a helpful next step for you. But regardless, let me encourage you to prayerfully consider if someone in your life has said you've been abusive or destructive, uh, consider um, how they're trying to help you. Don't just deny it. Don't minimize it. Don't sweep it away. But really evaluate, have I abused my partner? Have I violated the image of God physically um, or sexually, relationally, emotionally? Have I violated the heart and the will of God by abandoning his purpose for me? Obviously, there's so much more to the story, but I hope this will be a good primer, a good starting place for you to evaluate. I want to thank you guys so much for being part of the PeaceWorks podcast. Those of you who listen in, it's just a thrill to partner with you. And as we're moving in, again, at the time of this recording, it is the beginning of 2020. We're preparing for our relaunch of the Men of Peace uh, coaching process. And I would encourage you to help us in that, to participate in that. Um, Continue listening to the podcast. Point people to our upcoming campaign as we relaunch the group. And if you're a counselor or people helper, uh, perhaps get some of your clients to engage in that work. And of course, if you're a a husband who has participated in some of these behaviors, prayerfully consider joining Men of Peace or finding a local batterer intervention program in your area and really asking those questions. In what ways have I violated the image of God um, in my relationship with my partner? Thank you again for listening. And as always, God bless.